We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. I hope you did not watch any of these trash bag games this week because guess what? It was same shit, different day. On Monday, they left a billion people on base. On Tuesday, they actually got a hit, a lot of hits and won a game. They do that once every series. And then on Wednesday, Luis Severino still cannot pitch. Guess what? We've seen this before. And they lost again. They lost to a team, the White Sox, who sold at the deadline, who suck. You can't even take two out of three from a terrible team. This team is awful. That's the recap. Let's talk about anything else. Scott, hi. How you doing? <laughs> You, t- you said you got this as we were coming into the taping. Um, I had a feeling something like that was coming with with uh, with, with the positivity spin on. Uh, it's not positivity. On what this team is. No, in the voice, it was the inflection. It was oh. the inflection of positivity. So I, we I felt, could spend. Listen, while everybody felt what you said, maybe they didn't hear it because they just heard. Ah, oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> well, sarcastic. We I could feel like spend that's the what next- Boone does. I feel like that's what Boone does. Actually, he just like he just like has a tone, even though. You know, he can't say something negative, so he just like says something around it, but in a really positive tone. Maybe. We could spend the next 50 minutes shitting all over <laughs> this team for the runners left on base, for the wasted opportunities, for the pitching not not coming through, Luis Severino being, quote, the worst pitcher in baseball, Carlos Radon back on the IL, all of this stuff. But you could also go listen to any of our past dozen episodes and basically hear the same thing because it's been this for two months with this team. Nothing has changed and I don't expect anything to change. So I, I'm I'm just tired of talking about the same problems with this team and this organization because I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall and I put the game on and I'm just, it, it's like I'm watching a replay. I'm watching the worst Yankees rewind of all time where it's not a good game. 
that you it's get It's like to an see. episode of Black Mirror. I don't know if you've watched Black Mirror yet. I've but seen some of them. Yeah, Black Mirror, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about the pig episode, okay? That one, you know, put that one aside if anybody <laughs> Was that like the, the pilot? That was the pilot, right? No, this was a politician <laughs> and a pig and, it, you know- I think like that was my, the pilot episode. Oh, the pilot episode. I see. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant the pilot was uh, pilot was you know doing the thing with the pig no um yes it was it was a uh, first or second one and my little sister's like oh yeah black mirror black mirror apparently she watched it out of order this was a couple years ago when it started she's like watch it and i turn it on i'm like what is wrong with you why would you <laughs> tell me to watch that anyway i i watched the, some of the other ones and they're actually pretty good it's like uh it's yeah they, i've seen a couple they're interesting it's modern anyway, day that's exactly what zone. this is we're in a bizarro world we're in a black mirror world we're 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 in a we're in you know, uh, the twilight zone, whatever the hell you want to call it. That's what this is because it is the same thing over and over. And even on the day, because I didn't even notice this, I was looking for anything positive. And when I, and I was looking at line scores, I'm like, Oh man, 13 hits. Like felt like a lot of hits. Put that in the chat. Boom. Ilya comes back 17 strikeouts in the same game. I didn't even realize it because they had so many damn hits, but even in the games that they have 13 hits, which is you, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you know, throw some positivity there and make sure that we're, we're looking at the fact that these guys are actually getting on base. No, no, no. They were stretching it out. They were stretching out the entire game essentially just to strike out 17 times. So you're, you're looking at the, the, the games that you do things well. And on the other side of it, there's like the devil on your shoulder. Still there. It's still there. No matter what your, no matter what mask you have on, no matter what rosy colored glasses you're you're wearing on that given day, you're they're still there. And then yesterday, uh, you know, when they have an opportunity to to, uh, to pick Severino up after that home run that that he and God, that was a bad pitch. He's just leaving pitches over the plate, the middle of the plate. Bottom He's line, completely lost, leaving things over the middle of the plate. I don't. Cone, Cone hit it pretty well last night when he was talking about the, the problems. You could look at all the different issues that we've talked about. Pitch tipping, um, you know, you know, potential mechanics, all that. He's he's just leaving the ball over the middle of the plate. So whatever is getting to that point, that's the problem. The problem is the ball is over the middle of the plate and the guys are smashing it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, the fact that the Yankees can't tweak him to a point where he's serviceable is wild. But um, – yeah, you, you just you're finding all these all these all these warts that that still continue to to come up and and kill this team, and you can't lose two out of three to to, to this Chicago team. You can't. When it's funny because you look at the Chicago team and they're a similar beast in the sense that they have a lot of talent, but for whatever reason they just they're not putting anything together. Uh, Luis Robert is like a phenomenal player. You, they have talent, but they, uh, they they don't put it together for long periods of time unless they're playing the Yankees who, you know, they're competing for the 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 one team. Uh, what was that graphic we saw with all the X's across where they didn't improve mm-hmm. on anything? Yeah, um, it was uh, a baseball? graphic comparing all the teams in baseball on just like different stats, both on the offensive and pitching side last year to this year. And the Yankees are one of the only teams in Major League Baseball to regress in every single category. A lot of it was teams, there were four maybe, teams that I think it was the Yankees, the Mets. So New York has that on lock. The uh, and then Guardians, it was the White Sox, and the Brewers. Were the I thought it was the Guardians too. Yeah. Okay, so five Regre- regressed on every single category. You know, yeah. some teams go up and some down and others. Some team up up across the board. Like Baltimore is obviously going to be up across the board, but yeah, Yankees down in every category. And and <clears throat> I don't know how you could look at that graphic and that's that you don't need that graphic to understand this team has regressed. But how can Hal Steinbrenner stand for that. 
is my question. It's like, it's one thing to turn a blind eye to fluky things. Cause I do think this organization uses the fluke excuse a lot, but regressing in every single category is not a fluke. That's consistent, poor performance across the board. That's not one or two bad things happening. That is just being bad across the board. <laughs> and so it's like, how do you ignore that as an evaluator, as a manager, as an owner? How do you, when you're doing your, whatever you want to equate this to any, any company that anybody listening has worked, you do a performance review at the end of the year and someone gets worse across the board. You don't just turn a blind eye to that. You have to address it. Yeah, but the, the, here's the problem. It's like you have to address it in a in a way that makes sense, that has some common sense attached to it. And and in this case, it's not just one year; it's multiple. So you have to make you have to make moves. It's not it's not something that you can just fix because there are there are times where you can like make some make make some changes, do some training. Uh, you know, add a piece that maybe was missing. You could do a number of things to make make that person uh, perform better. But this is an ongoing thing. It's not like this is new either. This is this is a this is beating the same drum over and over and over again. So I don't know what more can be done unless you just get rid of the person. That's that's the yeah. change. <clears throat> a baseball team, you have to make more of those drastic changes, and you have to bring new personnel, both on the coaching and player side. The categories, I just pulled up the graphic, win-loss, batting average, OBP, slugging, ERA, FIP, and WHIP. Yankees, Xs across the board. The other teams to do that, White Sox, as we mentioned, Cleveland, uh, Mets, and I think that's it. The you Brewers, the Brewers? Or the Brewers? No, maybe oh, I yeah, just the Bre- saw- yeah, yeah, it's the Brewers. It's the Brewers as well. Yeah. But it, it, it's only a f- like even terrible teams Right, like there's terrible teams on here that have improved in at least one category. Yeah, well, I mean, so, some of them, you, you know, if you're at the bottom of the barrel, you have to improve on certain things. But Oakland somehow has improved in some categories. Like Oakland's a terrible team. The uh, the Royals have improved in some categories. The Tigers have improved in some. Like these are the Nationals. These are bad teams that have at least gotten better in one area. That doesn't make them a good team, but they've at least gotten better the yankees are yeah, there's getting no progress worse. here there's no there's no progress here none and to and your point night, about like the 13 hits on tuesday the this was it the seven runs the the but the 17 strikeouts 17 strikeouts that's this that's just par for the course like it's not par for the course 13 hits doesn't happen <laughs> no but what i'm saying like the 17 strikeouts like yeah, that's what this team does. They they can sit there and say Boone can sit there and say like I listened to the post game on Wednesday. He's like we have we the opportunities are there for us. We have to break through. It's on us to break through. Sean Casey's sitting there saying we need to cut down on the strikeouts. <laughs> I mean, it, none of this. Sean Casey's in yeah. an impossible position. No, no, no. I'm not blaming Sean Casey for the strikeouts, but like newsflash, Duh. the Yankees have struck out a lot. For five years in a row. But they also have players that strike out a lot. I I know that. So you, when planning a team in the offseason or whatever, and you you identify strikeouts as a problem. That was identified in 2019 or 2018, really, dating back to 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. Strikeouts was a problem for this team, for this lineup, all of those years. Mm -hmm. What has been done to address that? on the team building side. 
Um, Anthony Rizzo was was uh, was so yep. we were we 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 were happy with the moves when Rizzo Benintendi like those are guys that don't strike out a ton. Gallo we knew struck out a ben ton. Benintendi was knew. acquired and then not yep. retained. Not they retained. decided they decided we're going to run with Oswaldo Cabrera and Aaron yeah. Dixon left field, and that was. I mean, I'm not going to kill him for that. Benintendi hasn't been. I mean, IKF has been more productive than Benintendi. <laughs> so no, I'm not killing them for for. Yeah, um, I know, but but they didn't. They they decided that they didn't need to replace Benintendi in left field with another guy that had a similar makeup. Essentially, is 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 what we're looking at, or, or a or major s- league left fielder because or, they or went with they went with not major league caliber left fielders for but the also season. they left a they they leave a void in the lineup in the sense that you're you're not now mixing up what the makeup of the players are within the, your starting lineup which is a problem um so you're you're essentially back to this the same the same drill and you have a DJ LeMahieu who also is one of those guys that doesn't strike out a lot uh, that is, and he that struck is an out un- more this year than ever. Right, before. but you don't. That's my point. Is you don't know. No, they didn't know what he was going to be. Essentially, they didn't you know didn't, what he was going to be. No, but he was injured all off season. So you yeah, should yeah. have planned. You should have had contingency plans oh, for him. Yes, not that's performing. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not saying that they should have relied on him. They should have had contin- They That actually should have made more of an emphasis to acquire someone uh, for left field or you know another position that. My, fit the bill. So my point is going into this season, when we're looking when we're looking at the starting players to start the season, the non-strikeout guys were Rizzo and LeMahieu on paper. Everybody put Judge in that category. Judge is not a strikeout guy anymore. I, I don't put him in that category. No, yeah. I mean, ju- Judge is the best, one of the best offensive players in baseball. So fine, put him in that category. But everyone else, other than those three players, what's Glaber's strikeout percentage? It's got to be. I mean, it's probably 20 plus 20%. Not great. I mean, I, I'm not going to say he's a strikeout guy, but he's not, he's not, not a strikeout guy. If that makes sense. <laughs> he's not a problem in the strikeout category. <clears throat> he's not a solution to the, to the strikeout problem. No, but either. he's a known quantity. Again, like you're not, you, you have to bring in a solution. We know what we have, but they didn't bring in they another piece. Of the point not that is, there's a solution. There's got to be a puzzle piece. This is a puzzle. I, I'm just sick of every single season them the, us talking about the strikeout problem and them saying, yeah, we need to cut down on the strikeouts. And really nothing is done to actually cut down on the strikeouts. So interesting enough, when you hear quotes from Sean Casey that they were talking about last night is, you know, he's a believer. So I, I'm I'm happy with his philosophy. His philosophy is right. His philosophy is good. You can hit the ball for you can get on base. You can have a high contact percentage. You can you can high, have a high batting average and still hit home runs. And I totally agree. That's you know when when you start seeing uh, Aaron Judge hitting uh, line drives all over the field, like they're going out of the park. Also, and a lot of those a lot of guys have that have that philosophy where you hit the ball hard. A lot of times it's just going to go out and just focus on hitting the ball hard, making contact, um, and going going pole to pole. It will go out for a lot of folks. That would make this team better. You're not going to be able to fix that in the middle of a season. Not going to be able to change players in the middle of a year. That's not going to happen. Could, you know, gradually they'll potentially improve. Um, so, you know, maybe Sean Casey stays here for for another year, whether Aaron Boone is here or not. Mm, I would say makeup, if Boone gets fired, Sean Casey, the the, the, the makeup new of the manager player. will want new coach. Yeah, this. I mean, it totally feels like a. a, a hey, this is you. You want a job for six months, <laughs> four months. God, what a what a miserable four months. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so you, you can't change the makeup of it. And and anyway, when we get back to all these things, 
the the you go back to the player the grade of the team and you absolutely look at the players but you have to look at everything else you have to look at what's behind it you have exactly to. because again just using the strikeout example if you're hal and you're saying strikeouts have been a problem for our lineup for going on five seasons brian you have not fixed that any of these five seasons and it continues to be a problem so it's your job to put the players on the team and you have not done that so fourteen percent uh, strikeout. For so I'm, I'm going to need you to give him some credit right now. Ninth best percentile in baseball. Okay, fine. The, but the team is still. Didn't he strike out like four times last night or the, on, on on in one of those? It doesn't matter. Look My point number. is, he's not. He's. He, I don't think of Glaber Torres as fourteen percent is really good. An answer to the strikeout problem, though. This lineup is fourteen percent. Hold on a second. That's not true. If you. I'm not, take Glaber Torres out of the picture because you hate him for some reason. The, he's mediocre. He's, he's a very good baseball player, actually. He's mm-hmm. becoming better. Um, the 14%, if you just took 14% and plop that into left field, you would be happy. Uh, is the 14% strikeout player in left field um, good? It doesn't matter. Defense? Just take that. Just take that. Take Get rid of your bias. And just take the fourteen percent, fine, whatever strikeout rate, and you put that on left field, and we would be we would be applauding uh, a move like that. The, I'm not the point where the conversation we're having is not whether Glaber Torres strikes out a lot or not. The point is this lineup strikes out too much, and nothing yes. has been changed about this lineup significantly to fix that problem. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, they don't score runs. <laughs> Because they don't get on base. No, they do uh, get they, on base. They do get on base. Hold on, because Dylan Cease walked them seven times. Yeah. Seven times. The, and they did not. And he was still throwing base, a no-hitter. He was throwing get, a no-hitter for when he had seven walks, I think. Getting on point. base is not the problem. Like if we look at Monday night's game, bases loaded, no outs in the second. It's situational score. hitting. First and situational and hitting has killed them in the playoffs. It's killed this team for the last how, how long do you say we've been doing this podcast? Nine, Nine years. Seasons. Yeah. So situational for, for, for the last seven years, it's been killing this team. The uh, bases loaded in the second on Monday, no runs. First and third in the third, no runs. Bases loaded in the sixth, no runs. You can't leave all of those men on base. And then Wednesday again, bases, was that the eighth inning that they got bases loaded when, when it was still a game at that point? Oswaldo strikes out and then and then double play ball from Higgy. Like, yeah, Higgy hit the ball hard, but he hit it right at the second baseman. You're facing a sinker ball pitcher and you hit the ball hard on the ground. Guess what? That's what a sinker ball pitcher does. Yeah. You don't, you, you hit the ball on the ground. You're, you're most likely not going to score runs. And so yeah. that it is what it is with this, with this team. You can't leave bases loaded time after time after time, especially when y- you need to win every game and you're already in a hole because Severino is, is completely lost. They they tried the opener situation on Wednesday. That didn't work. Hamilton looked great in the first. They go to Severino in the second, and it's immediately like, oh, nothing's changed. I don't know why they thought just having him being an opener coming out of the bullpen was magically going to fix him. It, it, it maybe they think, maybe they thought it was a mental thing with him, right? And different preparation, different situation, um, would fix him. But like you said, to Cohn's point. Whether he's tipping, whether it's a mental thing, whatever, these pitches that are getting hit are belt high in the middle of the plate. That is the number one problem with Luis Severino right now. It's not whether or not he's starting the game, finishing the game, coming in in the second inning, eating chicken before the game. None of that matters. These pitches are belt high in the middle of the plate. 
they're going to get hit by major league hitters. Bottom line. So can, this is this is where I need to to need everybody in the world to look at what their solution was or what their band aid was to this problem. Having Ian Hamilton throw yeah. one inning right. and then Severino cross your second, fingers that it fixes. That's Severino. what they do. Yeah, where you know Cohen's sitting here at the end of the day, he's like, it does look like he's flying open early, which means the ball is seen by the batter earlier and able to be picked up. That's a that's a massive mechanical flaw. That should be fixed. Like, okay, David Cohn from the booth is seeing that this man is flying open early. And when, and I'm not just saying Severino, when any pitcher is open early, you can see the ball more clearly. Whereas if you're closed, you can't see it because it's behind your head or shoulder or something. But if you're open, I got the ball right here, closed, no ball, open ball. And they can't change that. They can't give him something to, to tweak. That as well to to allow him to, it's look. I, I'm making it sound simple, but at the end of the day, when someone in the booth is is also identifying something, um, and if if they are identifying that, and Severino just can't fix it for some reason either, then that then the, we got a bigger problem. <clears throat> then don't him put in him in the second, second inning. inning. Yeah, that's starting him in the second inning means nothing. Exactly, it means nothing. Kay was talking about like last night. Yeah, we understand Luis Severino is important to this team's success, but right now you need to win every single. There's no game. margin for error. There's no margin for error, and when he takes the ball, you lose the game. Bottom line, because he's been that bad. And I was getting on Cone a little bit. He was saying Luis Severino has been a great Yankee, but he's going through some tough times. And you know, it's like, fine, maybe he was saying. He's not a Yankee great. He's been a great Yankee. I understand yes, that. That's the distinguishing factor. Cohn was not saying assuming, he's a, a Yankee great. Assuming assuming this is Luis Severino's last go with the Yankees, how is he going to be remembered? Because I'm going to remember him for, for really two things. Number I got, one, uh, yeah. Number one, being injured every single season of that five-year contract that he signed. And number two, not being able to start game three or game two, whatever it was against Boston in 2018 on time, not knowing what time of game the playoff game started. I think it was game three, right? It was a weird start time and he wasn't prepared for it. Then he was tipping his pitches and he got crushed. And really most of the time he took the ball in the, in the playoffs, whether it was the 2017 wild card game, the 2018 game against uh, the, uh, the Red Sox against Minnesota in 2019, he wasn't good. ALDS game two, 19, the two events that we did in the postseason when he pitched. So Luis Severino will be remembered for, being injured a lot and not being good when the games mattered, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I put him in the category of just like completely missed the potential. And and it's, yeah. uh, and it's one of those – I put him in the same category as Gary Sanchez. Um, even – even uh, yeah, Gary Sanchez. Is, when I see these guys that have all this potential in the world and start hot, start really well, you're like, yes, we got one. We got one. We got one. And then – and then everything happens. And then what's the common thread there? It's the Aaron Yankees' Boone? handling of <laughs> these players. You had an all-star caliber catcher who was otherworldly in the, his first two, basically season and a half, two seasons of Major League Baseball. And you had a potential Cy Young caliber ace who was otherworldly to start his career. And they both were completely ruined. They regressed completely, yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's uh, it's wild. I mean, you see this, you do see this a lot. I'm not going to say that this is an anomaly because you do. You see, you look back in history and look at Player of the Year uh, winners throughout the history of uh, of baseball. Rookie and, of the Year. What did I say? Player. Yeah, Rookie of the Year. Sorry. Um, 
you won't recognize half the names when sure. you start getting back a little bit further because the the players you know fizzle out. So it does happen quite. It does happen a lot. Uh, but this is in front of our face. This is with with the kids that they've been grooming. They've been grooming Gary Sanchez since he was 16 years old. Uh, so this is this is a guy that that and it took forever. And granted, there were there were pers- there were there were makeup issues with him from the beginning. There were, um, but yeah, Severino, I think, uh, unfortunately was derailed completely by injury in his career. But so, but to, at the end of the day, what history is going to remember, what I'm going to remember are two players that should have been much better, uh, that should have been much bigger contributors to this team. And unfortunately, we're just very frustrating. And ultimately- And I love Severino, man. Like I, Severino was one of my favorite guys. Like, sure. I root for him. Even this year, I, I'm- I, you know, you 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 talk about the injuries a lot, and and him, and that's valid. It's totally accurate because he doesn't stay on the field. I'm the one that's looking. I'm like, with with hope because I want Severino to do well. Like I emotionally get behind uh, certain guys that are coming up, and Severino was definitely one of those guys. Sanchez, I never really got emotionally behind just because he was frustrating forever. But Severino was one of those guys who really gave us those glimpses of hope. The 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 fire. The like you saw everything you wanted to see from this man. And, and yeah, I think unfortunately injuries really just took a toll on him and, and, and we're seeing the product of, of multiple, multiple years of injuries, not pitching, not being able to get better as your career goes on because you're, he gets, he gets knocked down to square one, knocked down to square one, knocked down to square one, knocked down to square one. And you can't, you can't progress in that way. It's injuries, but it's also the Yankees handling of those injuries, like not doing the MRI on his shoulder in whatever year that was. There's a lot of contributing factors. But if, if as the further we get away from 2017 and we're looking back at why this Yankees team has not been able to break through and win a championship, it there's a million factors, but a, as big a reason as any is those young players. We thought were going to be the core of this team. Sanchez and Severino, probably the two of the most prominent did not pan out. And we thought, okay, here we are. Sanchez, Severino, obviously Judge, and then Gleyber Torres to follow, Clint Frazier to follow, maybe Justice Sheffield, like all of these players they acquired. Justice Sheffield, come on. I'm just saying all these players they acquired at the 16 deadline, plus the young prospects coming up through the system, is the reason the Yankees system back in 16 and 17 was ranked so highly. And what we thought was going to happen is they're going to supplement, we're going to supplement with um, free agents, acquisitions, but it's going to be that core. Like, why did the Yankees win a have a dynasty in the '90s? Yeah, they they signed some great veterans and got some good uh, veteran acquisitions, but it was the core four plus Bernie Williams is the reason why they went on a, a historic run, and we thought that was going to happen again, to some degree, with another core, and that core just turned into Aaron Judge, and that's it. And you can't you can't win championships with one great player. Yeah, no, we all, I think uh, at that point too, you're looking around, you see all this young talent, you see the young guys doing well, especially coming out of 16 with Gary Sanchez and then into 17 with them progressing well. You're like, okay, wow, this team is is better. There's team, the young guys are playing, they are. And in 17, to to the Yankees credit, all the things you just said, they did that. They they did that. They brought in the Matt Holidays of the world. They brought in the veteran players to, to go around this team and they were good. They were a good team. And unfortunately, it fizzled out at the end, but they were a good team and they were playing above their means. And ever since then, all we've seen is a is a team with talent that's played below their means. Yep. And and but <laughs> the, because the talent didn't fit, the, ta- the the puzzle pieces didn't fit together. You, it's like just use the Giancarlo Stanton as an example. Okay, they we've been talking about this a lot. 
they decided we're going to go and get Giancarlo Stanton because this is falling into our lap. And that means we're not going to be in on Bryce Harper. And for whatever reason, they decided we're not going to be in on Manny Machado. But the problem is Giancarlo Stanton was not what that team needed at that time. They didn't need another right-handed power bat that strikes out a lot. You already had Sanchez and Judge. You didn't need another one of those. You needed a left-handed power bat or a left-handed contact bat. Even though Giancarlo Stanton was coming off an MVP, that's not what the 2018 Yankees needed. So objectively, when you're looking at it, that was the wrong decision for Brian Cashman to make, even if it was a good deal. Being a good deal doesn't mean it's the right deal. Yeah, it was a good deal. It was still a good deal. For money plus um, Starling Castro, of course. But it's not. it wasn't the right deal for the Yankees at the time. Yeah, again, Monday morning quarterback looking at that. Yes, you're right. You're, of you're, course, Monday morning quarterback. That's yes, what we do. That is what we do. You're right. Uh, the the pieces, even at the time, though, the, like the bigger need was third base. And Manny Machado was the guy that 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 would have fit this team a lot better. That said, they were over overperforming and over-indexing with the young talent at that point. And I think as a fan base, we certainly got all hung up in that and and we're like oh man we do we have it us included we have we have the new core four we have the new young guys that are going to take us to the promised land and and while the the pieces were not the right pieces also those guys also beyond except for Aaron Judge regressed and got injured and yep. and that now you're looking at just the other guys that you're bringing in and substitutions and you're like, or, or, or guys that aren't as good as you thought they were going to be. And you're like, wait a minute, it's not as good as I thought. And you bring in Aaron Boone, who's done nothing, literally. I mean, all of this traces back to Aaron Boone starting this team also, whether that's coincidence or not, it does. It goes back to his first day as a Yankee manager. Um, and the day that they, you know, maybe this is all the, just the curse of firing Joe Girardi after a, an, over a, a team that that is just performing way better and he got them to play way better than they should have been because he did he did whether he's the right guy for this team he was the right guy for that team in 17 he was the right nah, guy. he was too hard on the players they didn't have fun while yeah they so they, they they he was the right guy because he got them to play and and how do we know that by looking back because they performed better than any other team has with the same roster with similar roster they he got he got the most out of that team he absolutely did. For, coming from 16, what they did, what they did in 17, looking back now, you want to talk about a great managerial job? Joe Girardi, 2017, put it up there because it's 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 pretty high. I Something just popped into my head from a very early press conference of Aaron Boone about Gary Sanchez, which uh, I want to get into. But before that, I have to tell you guys about Factor. You guys must try Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Factor delivers amazing meals that are flavor packed um, for any dietary need, calorie conscious, keto friendly, veggie and vegan meals. There's something for everybody. The process is super easy. You go on their website and you pick your meals from a weekly selection of over 30 delicious options. Factor prepares and cooks those meals to perfection with their gourmet chefs. The food is delivered right to you in a, in a nice freezer cooled box. You pop it in your refrigerator and then when you're ready to eat it, you put it in the microwave for two minutes and in just two minutes, you're eating delicious food. The favorite, my favorite one that they sent us was the black pepper pork chop. I was a little skeptical, not going to lie. You're microwaving a pork chop and I'm like, how good is this thing going to be? Is this going to take like, taste like shoe leather? No, it was one of the most delicious tender pork chops I've ever had in my entire life. And that is not an exaggeration. There's also a ton of snack options and add-ons, including cold-pressed juices and shakes if you're really trying to uh, 
Watch, watch what you eat. This is seriously the easiest and best option for food if you're struggling to eat delicious and healthy meals. Sometimes it's easy to fall into bad routines, especially if you've got kids or whatever, you know, busy work schedule. Factor can help solve that. Uh, head to factormeals.com slash Bronx 50 and use code Bronx 50 to get 50% off. That is 50% half off. That's a great deal. F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Bronx 50. Factormeals.com slash Bronx 50. Thank you, Factor, for sponsoring us. Go check them out. Supporting our show by uh, supporting Factor. One of the first press conferences Boone did, I don't know if it was absolute first. He was asked about Gary Sanchez catching and because at the time Austin Romine was the Yankees backup right in in 2018 and if there would be personal catcher scenarios I don't remember for what pitcher it was probably Sonny Gray if I had to guess um and uh Boone was talking about no he said no and then someone brought up his dad so Boone's Boone's dad was a catcher and he was actually a personal I think he either was a personal catcher for someone or someone didn't like throwing to Boone's dad and that that topic was brought up and Boone's answer was, well, my dad didn't hit like Gary hits. The point being, we're overlooking deficiencies in his game. We're going to look past those things because he can hit. Um, anointing Gary Sanchez as you're amazing from the get-go. You don't need to work. You you just go out there and hit, and we're going to just we're going to going to let you go. We're we're going to deal with it. Even though a whole reason that Boone was brought in, like one of the number one reasons was. Apparently, Gary Sanchez did not like how hard Joe Girardi, a former catcher, probably extra hard on Gary because he's a former catcher, was on him. Gary Sanchez had the best season of his career playing for Joe Girardi in 2017. He was an all-star, had over a 900 OPS. Did he have some deficiencies behind the plate? Yeah. But the point is, all of those deficiencies, catching defensively, eventually bled into offensively, and he just dissolved as a player under Aaron Boone. Look, I remember us killing this at the time, at the at the time because of uh, the fact that they're making a decision basically to coddle a player. I remember, I remember hating it from the very beginning because the the Boone, the whole thing about Boone, whole narrative about Boone was the communicator, great communicator, 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 and then Gary Sanchez was always brought up as an example of that communicator. And we went down to the Dominican Republic to visit him in the off season and they, all these things. If they didn't recognize at that moment that Gary Sanchez needed more structure in his in his life to actually get the best out of him they were looking at a completely different player the the kid Gary Sanchez had issues all the way through they they pulled him out of a futures game they said you cannot play in the futures game because of the way that he was uh, conducting himself in the clubhouse or dugout in one of the minor league games. There was like a lack of effort. There was something there that 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 wasn't good. Immaturity basically was what it was. He was an immature player. It took him longer to and that happens. That happens with a lot of baseball players. I get it. We're dealing with teenagers. And they decided that they were this is the whole cool dad, uh the whole cool dad, you know, like tough dad uh role that we were that we had mocked up a little bit. They brought in the cool dad when Gary Sanchez needed needed that accountable dad, that guy who could get the most out of you by building in structure, whether you like it or not. Nobody likes that if they're if they need it. If they need it, you don't like it because you don't want this your natural instinct is to go against that. But you need it to, to perf- perform well. You need it to succeed. You need that framework around you 
so that your talents can actually be used. Because once that framework goes away, now you're all over the damn place and your talent can't be can't be honed into one usable thing. And, and you're all over the damn place. And that's that's what happened there. And if it happened there, it probably happened in multiple other people because they were, you know, the coddling happened, the structure went away, and the cool dad took over. And now everybody's, you know, in jail or getting arrested for giving their own kids uh, cigarettes and weed and alcohol, and it's all it, it's a it's a disaster. I thought you were referring to an actual scenario, and I was like, what did I miss? <laughs> no, Domingo Herman come back? No, but um, when you have an overly cool dad, it's like you know the the basement no, party, party is still happening at twenty five yeah, years old. No, no, everyone had that friend in high school with the parents that didn't give a shit. That's yeah. the basement you drank in, hundred percent. And yeah, and a lot of them continued to drink six, seven years after college in that same basement with the same dad. <laughs> um, and I guess that segues nicely into Boone's tirade on Monday, mocking Laz Diaz's strike call, which admittedly was funny when he did it. But it just, it, you know, it, it falls flat when the team continues to lose. And these tirades seem to happen once every four or five weeks where Boone has this outburst. Nothing changes. It's the same thing he's complaining about. It's balls and strike. Yes, Laz Diaz was terrible on Monday, specifically terrible for the Yankees. Uh, I was embarrassed for Aaron Boone, to be honest. I thought he got played hard by Laz Diaz in that in that little thing. He went out there and did a thing. Laz Diaz was like, you know what? Not today, Junior. And went back and like gave it back to him and and basically shut him the F up because he just he, at one point, like, yes, Laz Diaz is not good. We all know that. We, he he gives he gives uh uh, strikes off the plate. He's been doing that forever. But Aaron Boone coming out there after Les Diaz started pushing back and like yelling back at him, he was like, "Go, be gone, gone." And he had nothing to say. He looked like a yeah. he looked like a bitch. He, I mean, Boone is Boone is lost. Like he, he, I don't know if he's lost the players or not because still reports are that he's got a grasp on the clubhouse, but it's how not, it's not materializing into anything. I don't I don't know how. I don't know. He, I mean, I guess you like the fun dad, right? Like your buddies with the fun dad. And, and if there's a lack of accountability from leadership, you're just, you're just having fun. Yeah. Obviously I'm sure the players want to win and they're not happy. They're losing, but like they do. The and like looking at Severino's face, I felt terrible. I, I really do. I, I, because I, I, I genuinely but Severino struggling so well. is not Boone's fault. Like I'm not blaming. Severino I understand that, but, but looking at his face afterwards, like the guy, he he's perplexed as to why it's happening. And sure. That's I feel isolated like that's, problem that's someone who doesn't have the support needed. <laughs> like you, you fix him, help him. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> It just seems like these outbursts, I, I, you know, going back to the savages in the box rant, like that was like the the first time we saw the, those Boone outbursts and it seemed like the team did rally around that. And then with each outburst, they got less and less effective and the team got worse and worse. And it's the same thing he's complaining about every single time. Balls and strikes. Yes. Newsflash. Umpires are inconsistent and a, a lot of times bad. And on Monday night, Laz Diaz's calls was 66% accurate on strike calls and a positive 1.59 runs for Chicago. So the Yankees got screwed in that sense on Monday. He was also very consistent with the call that he was making that was outside the zone. Very consistent with that outside strike. But the, the, but the point is still the Yankees lost by four runs and left a million guys on base. Okay. So I don't know. 
maybe don't go yell at the umpire and that's not the reason you're losing look at the, look in the mirror for once just let the bad strike calls happen and then maybe boone how about go into the clubhouse after the game and talk about how yeah Laz Diaz sucked but that's not the reason we lost here boys it's because we left a million guys on base and wasted opportunity after opportunity and continue to do that i mean when you Couple in the end of the Houston game on Sunday where they couldn't find the strike zone and the Yankees left 14 men on base as a team uh, in the last like three or four innings on Sunday. Segue into Monday where they leave another dozen guys on base. (laughs) That's the problem here. It's not Laz Diaz. There was an opportunity actually for Boone to, to, to look at that and and say something to them similar to what you said. Laz Diaz has been has been calling that outside strike and and the consistent larger zone to one place for a very long time. This is these are adjustments that players all throughout baseball, throughout every decade, throughout every era have been making. When the umpire is behind the plate, yes, there's a recommended strike zone that is that that should be but that's not the case on a daily basis. You know where the umpire is going to be. He's consistently calling that outside strike every single time. This is an opportunity to say, guess what? I'm not going to yell at the umpire. I'm going to yell at my players. Guys, I don't give a shit what Leia's Diaz. We know exactly what he was going to do. We knew what he was going to do. He's calling that strike. He called it all game long. So whether it's good or bad, you know what's going to happen. You can't use it as, a, as an excuse because you know it's going to happen. And Adjust. Make the yeah. adjustment. And that is where this team cannot. They're it's like the Joey Gallo effect. Swing, and if the ball hits it, it's a miracle and great. And, and then the message, the message that Boone going out and having that tirade sends is, hey, not guys. Not your fault. Not your fault. fault. Exactly. The problem here is not you. It's not us. It's him. That's the problem here. He's taking his aggression out on the umpire when his aggression should be taken out on the team. Yes. And that's the problem with the, then he, he's, he's, then he puts in the mix and the possibility that he's no longer the cool dad and he don't know how to be anything but, yeah. and that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big issue. <clears throat> so there was a, uh, a report by Clap- God damn, we need someone, we need a drill sergeant. We, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I keep screaming this, like bring the man back. Willie Randolph would be perfect for this team. Perfect. I, I don't uh, see the, with a new next year, you, I don't know who's going to be perfect. Dude, you can't for this go team. into I just a know new, Boone's not the right guy. That's what I. Know. You can't go. It needs to be completely different. Completely different. You can't. You yes, can't, but we've at said the this same for time, three, two years now, you can't go into another year with the same person at setting the tone in the clubhouse and in the dugout with with the way that the the approach is. You cannot. You cannot. I Whether agree. Cashman doesn't do that. Cashman, you, we could kill Cashman for all we want with the players and stuff. But at the end of the day, if they can't change a ton of players, they got to – it's killing me, this stupid point on this hat. <laughs> I just realized what you were doing. You, you, you guys are watching on YouTube. Scott's been putting his hands on the top of his head. And I was like, oh, maybe he's just getting so emotional. No, he can't handle every it. hat that you buy now has these stupid points. Push the point on his hat. God forbid I have a hat that fits well that they make in today's world. Uh, yeah, Jesus. I've got a couple hats that are like that too. The – um. <laughs> but you have to change. You have to change. You have to change but, the but, tone. Okay. So I agree a thousand percent. Aaron Boone is not the right guy. This goes into a conversation the three of us were having before the episode started, where Logan said some one of the most outlandish things I've ever heard him say. 
He said. Well, it started with I, it started with Cone saying it. <laughs> he said, "I actually think Aaron Boone deserves some credit this year, or something to that effect." No, there was there was a I don't remember where it was. I saw it somewhere on Twitter that Cone made a reference in a, in some in some interview that that actually you could put this up with uh, Aaron Boone's one of his better. Uh, managerial performance. Yeah, again, that's not saying there. a lot because every year has been a terrible managerial. I mean, Coney, like, let's, so he's being fucking nice at that point. Like, it, it, no, it's he's not a true. Yes network employee, but um, the fact that this team is a couple games over five hundred, basically uh, a zero run differential, and the fact that they're still over five hundred, I guess you could point to. Oh, the managers made some good. Dis- no, this team is broken. Aaron Boone is a problem for this team. Changing the manager, changing the hitting coach, pitching coach, whatever. Is only going to solve so much next year, though. Of course, I want that, and I don't want to have the same leadership in place going into next year because then definitely the same thing will happen. But massive overhaul to this roster needs to happen as well because at the end of the day, these these players are are not the right players. I don't think this team would magically be 15 games over 500 with a better manager. Might they be a couple games better than they are? Sure. But do you think the quality of this team is good enough to have them in a strong playoff position right now? Because I do not. I I think that it's hard to say because you, again, man, the talent is there. You're going to say injuries because then that's the excuse that Brian Cashman and Hal Steinberg are going to use to run back with, with Aaron Boone. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you have the same core talent guys and you have a different um, a different philosophy, a different regiment coming in from the beginning, from February, from from when these guys are starting to show up. Then, yeah, I think it could be different. I do. I think it could be. I, I think it could be different. I think how different. I think that the right person can absolutely. And we saw this in dude. We saw it in seventeen. We saw it in seventeen. The effect on a uh, that that the structure around has on players. Take the names out of it. Yes, the system of the of of the way things are can absolutely affect and, and get the talent because there are talented players that shouldn't be as bad as they are with on this current team. I, okay. I well, truly to, believe to that. Play so, devil's yes, ad- I do advocate. think they can be much better. I think they can be much better because I think at the end of the day, the reason they are where they are is like solely on the 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 happenstance that talent shows up in 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 certain days and they become five hundred. Like that's it. Boone's not helping them, dude. Okay, they were down two I'm runs not, yesterday. I'm not, argu- runs. I'm not arguing. I know, Aaron but they're Boone. down three runs. Perfect example. They're down three runs like yesterday. Five to two ball game. Uh, bases are loaded and Higgy's up. Okay, LeMahieu got scratched. We're all wondering, is he still available? Because recently people have been scratched and still playing. So not sure if he's available for pinch hitting was unclear. LeMahieu doesn't, doesn't pinch hit. The the next, um, this to start the inning, Volpe pinch hits for... Um, Jake Bowers, who's playing first base. Okay, Jake Bowers is playing first base. Uh, Rizzo, we know, is out. LeMayhew is out. Those are the three people that have played third base this year. I think uh, Cabrera played one game at some point and played in one game uh, at first base. So now they have the, they're trying to get back in the game, but they literally have no first baseman. They have nobody who played first base uh, on the roster to play first base this year. We were trying to. We were going back and forth. Who's going to play first base? Who's going to play first? Cabrera a couple times, maybe. Um, I threw out Billy McKinney. Turned out it was Billy McKinney. He played the first. Billy McKinney has no experience over there. He's played a couple times, but like, it's just exactly what you're doing. You're 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 pitch hitting for the the one guy. And I understand lefty righty matchup, but Bowers has been one of the better hitters yeah. on your roster for. What are you however, doing? Like, what are you doing last in month? that situation? That's not Volpe. That's- you're 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 handicapping yourself, handicapping yourself by by removing. Literally every single person on your roster who played first base this year, uh, Billy McKinney hadn't even played this year. He played once last year, one in Oakland. 
and you're 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 looking at you're putting your your team in a position now to completely play out of you even if you tie the game promise you that something bad would have happened around first base. I promise you. <laughs> Whether it's in the ninth or tenth inning, I promise you something would have happened. There would have been a hard uh, ground ball to first base that would have been booted and would have scored a run. That is exactly what would have happened because yeah. Boone put them in a situation now to not succeed. He's a bad manager. He's a bad manager and none of this helps. None. He does not help any of these guys harness their talent because there is talent there. Gleyber Torres, despite your, your bias and all that, is playing despite to to you know to despite what Aaron Boone is doing, it's insane. And the more we talk about it, the more I get frustrated with with him. And I just need to see a different person there. I'm serious. I, I don't give a. I really don't care. Call up Shelly Duncan from AAA. Get rid of Boone and change it up. I don't care who it is. Make Aaron Judge the active manager, player coach. I don't give a shit. Put anybody from the fan base. In there to manage this team. I mean, that's, it that's, won't be worse. That's the thing. Like literally, you you could just take Boone out of the situation and not replace him with anyone. And, and I think they are exactly where they are because it's basically just the players running the ship, and things are happening. Like players are being put in a lineup without logic. Like we talked about uh, a couple episodes ago. Oh, you're trying to get Anthony Rizzo going, but you continually bat him in back of uh, of Aaron Judge instead of in front of Aaron Judge. Like none of it. None of it made sense. So he, they're he winning in decisions. spite of the incompetency. There's no possible way you could look they're at not what even Aaron winning a lot. They're done. winning. They're winning at like a. I mean, whatever that. What's their record, Logan? Since since July first, it's got to be below 500, right? I, I would think. I feel like they they split four game series and they lose three game series. So whatever it is, it's around 500. They've won one series dating back to the beginning of July. I want to talk about that Clappish article, but first have to tell you guys about game time. If you're still looking for tickets later in this season, or maybe you want to go to a concert, some comedy shows, theater, or whatever football season's coming around, game time is the best app to use. It is our preferred app because it is the easiest way to buy tickets. The app has so many cool features and is very easy to use. It shows you trending tickets, what deals the best, uh, what sections the best deals are in, and calls out cheap options and flash sales so you can take advantage of of those sorts of opportunities. There's also event cancellation protection so you can buy with confidence. I love using the app because you get images of your seats before you buy, which is super important if you're going to a stadium you have not been to before. The buying process is also fast. It's just two taps and you're done. And the tickets go directly to your phone so you don't have to go through your email to find them. You can snag tickets today without stress using GameTime by downloading the GameTime app create an account and use our code Bronx for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Once again, download the app, create an account and code Bronx will get you $20 off your first purchase. Thanks to game time for being with us. Once again, the Yankees are 25 and 32 since June 1st, 25 and 32. <laughs> it's, it's bad, man. It's, it's like, yeah, point. Okay. How do you bring someone back? <clears throat> and so clappish, they're not uh, going to get over 500 from, from that date for the rest of the year they're not right so they're so no they're gonna finish the season right around 500 game up game down something like that but look at june 1st on oh yeah, yeah. they'll be they'll be below 500 they'll be june below 1st on. 500 from and june 1st on. how do you that, not fire the manager if you, how do you not fire the manager? but if you extend it further back to july 1st 2022 after their historic run in the first half last year july 1st through probably september 30th of this year they will be below 500 which is the first time that which is a season and a half how many years have the Yankees been above 500? 1992 Some, was the last time yeah. they were below. Yeah. And there's a real possibility that, that could happen. They, bas- they basically had one good month this year. They they played nine games over 500 in May. And that's why they're okay. not. They, they played 500 in April and 
as I said, they were no matter how you slice it. Then. I mean, basically, no matter how you slice it since 2020, this team has been basically 500. Clappish article. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was just a quick hitter thing on CBS Sports. He said Brian Cashman is very likely to return in 2024, but Aaron, Bo- Aaron Boone's future is less certain. Now, the thing about Bob Clappish is he's basically a mouthpiece for Brian Cashman and maybe even Randy Levine. Um, if you remember that, that book that Clappish wrote, I think it was after 2018 or something that was essentially a Brian Cashman autobiography. It was just a 220 page suck fest of Brian Cashman talking about how he made so many changes and this organization is set up for success, lauding Brian Cashman for 200 pages. Clappish has been around forever. He was, he's, he was there. He was in the beginning with the, the Bergen record, uh, sports with, um, What's his face? Uh, the NBA insider, um, Woj, the, 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 like the the Bergen Record colored uh, colored sports page was like the the beginning of a, a lot of very good sports writers. But yes, he's been in bed with so, the, with the Steinbrenners since what for do a long you time. Think him reporting that Boone's future is less certain means. Do you think that's just? par for the course of, well, we're going to evaluate everyone at the end of the season, but ultimately the Yankees are not going to make a change. Boone's last, I think his last uh, year of his contract is next year anyway. So they would be firing him a year early if they do that. And they don't like to fire managers. They like to not rehire managers. Joe Girardi didn't get fired. He didn't get rehired. Yeah. Such a dumb. Same with Joe Torre. Joe Torre didn't get fired. His contract was up. He didn't get rehired. Yeah. I mean, I think this is the first time we've heard essentially from the off front office that they are considering uh, a new manager, which means to me that they are absolutely considering a new manager, which if they don't make the playoffs, he's going to get fired. That's what I think. From cl- the way that reading between the lines. That's, the, at, that's the, the thing, though. They have looking to not at history, make the playoffs. Yeah, I think there has to be something... I think there has to be something. They're looking not at history. What do you mean looking at history? With Clappish, I mean. With oh. Clappish, reading between the lines here, as you mentioned, he's been in bed with the Steinbrenners for a long time. He's been an insider. He's he's has the he he's got the trust on that side. Like they go to him with things. He he will talk. And when you lit when he talks about certain things like that, there's usually some validity behind it. Or someone did it intentionally. So yeah, I think that this was intentional. I think this this is oh, this is definitely intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Logan. So he also went on Michael K Michael K's show yesterday to talk about the article and his what he literally said was I think that Boone will be gone if the Yankees finish last or next to last. And he said specific he well, if they're I, next I to last that means they're out of the playoffs anyway. Right. But he um he did say like missing the playoffs by a game or two and not like that might not be enough. Like he said finishing in last is probably unexpected unavoidable for him to get fired but other than that nothing's a game right so if this team is hanging around a playoff spot in the last couple weeks of september and they just miss out the the built-in excuses are there for why this team underperformed this year and they'll 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 do the same thing they'll point to the same thing uh the end of this year that they pointed to at the end of last year the reason basically the same lineup was brought back this year is because they thought their true performance level was first half last year and not second half last year or even a hybrid of both as it turns out it wasn't even a hybrid of both it was second half last year is what this team truly is 
Yeah. That's and they exactly believed correct. it was first half last year, which was on a historic win pace, like 120 something game win pace. Which I will say makes the it, last year makes no sense. The first half of last year makes no sense. Yeah. Understanding right. what this team has been. We're going to we're going to wrap it up soon. Uh quickly just mention a couple things. Carlos Rodon placed on the IL. We uh didn't know if that was going to happen. Low grade. He also pushed back, strain. didn't want to go on the IL. He yeah. he lobbied to not go on the IL. This is this is well, exactly what we talked about similar to what the way he says uh, the way that he was talking about it feeling, he didn't feel that he needed the IL set that he could do. And the fact that they were like, but he's yeah, not helping, IL. he's not helping the rotation right now. So just put him on the IL. It doesn't make a difference, but they're not doing anything to help in his absence either. Like Severino's there. They, they need him to do well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they need him to pitch because he dealing, had to pitch well. They don't need him to pitch badly. With, you're dealing with they, an injury guy. And so you have to treat an injury guy carefully. You don't let an injury guy push through things because guess what? It'll just get more injured. Also, Who cares? Dev- the season's over. He's going into next year. Who gives a shit? Devi Garcia was DFA'd. So, <laughs> quickly to summarize Devi Garcia, top Yankees prospect, top 50 prospect in all of Major League Baseball, playoff start in the COVID season, then just completely lost it. Another player that has regressed under the Yankees' tutelage. He was DFA'd this year, had 32 walks and 46 innings at AAA and a 5.67 ERA. Just absolutely awful. There's many reports that the Yankees are planning to call up Everson Pereira to play the outfield at some point soon. What are you waiting for? Just call him up. He's having a great season in AAA, 926 OPS, 141 WRC plus in 70 games at AAA. Keep an eye on uh, Jason Dominguez's second half also. He's he's been sure. he's call been him hitting. up too. I'm just saying he in in Somerset um as of late he's been he's been hitting plate discipline's been a lot better like he needs something you, to get positive. You can see progress here. You can see progress in that kid which is exciting. Like, well, like seriously, the, the, we need to have some positives, whether it be young players or manager fired or player changes at the end all of, of the this year going into next year for me to get excited about Yankees baseball. In all of the above. Yeah. Because if, need, it, is, if little... it is more of this, <laughs> I got other shit to do with my life. Yeah. All right. That's going to wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.